What's up, everybody? Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office desk of doom, like always. Um, it is late as fuck right now, uh, for me anyways. Eight o'clock Sunday night. Uh, if you watch my Instagram stories, I left the house at seven o'clock this morning. So it is a slightly longer than normal day, definitely longer than a Sunday. Normally the weekend days, I chop it off a little bit early but uh but yeah so we're putting in the hours um this podcast is the last thing i gotta do and then i can jam out with my clam out but otherwise um thanks for listening it is uh your guys's monday uh hopefully it's going well um yeah it's been a weekend <laughs> hopefully you had all recovered uh, from the Thanksgiving holiday and are recharged and ready to fuck some shit up. Um, I caught wind today of some unhappy listeners. Uh, apparently I've said some offensive things in the past and how dare I have said that and I am filled with hate and anger and yes. So, um, Hopefully, I I never meant to into. Oh my God, never meant to offend anyone. I don't say anything out of spite or hate, uh, unless I'm talking about terrible flippers or um, idiots on the internet. Otherwise, if I if I use some um, slur that has been around for a hundred years, and you know doesn't exactly mean what it used to mean, but it still offends you. I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm going to try and do better at the uh, offensiveness. I'm still going to cuss like a sailor. I'm sorry if your kids are around. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. It just happens. So it's easier to tell these stories and to do these podcasts when, um, I can just be real and not have to check myself all the time. So the cussing will continue. The slurs, I will try to um, curb a little bit. Probably should anyways. I don't know. But anyway, thank you, everybody. Really appreciate you listening. Uh, if you're still listening, if you haven't tuned out from the slurs and cuss words. But <coughs> um, yeah, so thank you. All the support, the shares, the likes dimensions everything um keep sharing it keep liking it keep telling everyone because i know you guys are on a lot of forums that i'm not on uh, or facebook pages i just don't have time to be part of um so please feel free to share um let everyone know that there is another source of information and entertainment out there that is ih centric so um Calendar, birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, um, 2019, Bakersfield, California, Route 66, heading west to east. Should be a good time. Drive your international. It'll be, uh, it's my 40th birthday, so it should be a good time. Should be a great time. We'll see. It'll be a greater time if you're there. So, hopefully everybody shows up. Um, yeah. That's about it for old business. 
Um, I posted on Instagram this morning what uh, on my stories. Uh, if you guys don't know how to look at stories, it's if you see my avatar, my profile picture with a red circle around it, that means that there's a story. You click on that or tap that, uh, then it shows you my Instagram story. And sometimes there's a lot of them. So uh, it's a little bit more direct way to see what's going on around here. So this morning on my story, I asked uh, if there were any topics that people wanted to wanted me to cover. And I got some good feedback. Um, so I'm going to try and cover one, maybe two uh, topics just to um, help help some people out. So um, I did not write down who asked this. Sorry. But they, they want to know where to find the best deals on internationals. And, you know, that is a crapshoot. Because you've got to watch all of the platforms, all of the stuff. Like I saw, um, well, my Turbo 800 that was on, that got posted on Facebook for 500 bucks. And it was rusty. I mean, it was rusty as fuck. But it was a numbers, well, numbers matching doesn't matter with internationals, but it was all original, 100% complete, right down to the paperwork in the glove box and and all that stuff. Like it was complete. So, um, you know, 500 bucks. And the funny thing was, is that about five people had said before I saw it, ooh, I want it. Ooh, I want it. I want it. I want it. It's mine. Don't sell it. It's mine. And I posted up like number six or seventh. Hey, man, everybody falls through. I've got a trailer. I'm always on the move. I can come get it, you know, the day after you let me know it's available. Six months went by and I get a Facebook DM from a guy. And he's like, hey, I still have this scout if you want it. And I was like, you're going to have to clarify. And he's like, Utah. Turbo 800. And apparently all these people that said they wanted it, including some more um, popular people on the Facebook pages, they all flaked out. And so I hooked up the trailer and I hauled ass to Salt Lake City and I brought back this Turbo 800. Tom and I got it running, preserved what we could, and I sold it to a rest restoration guy for a lot more than $500. So, uh, that being said, they're out there. You watch the Facebook pages. Um, Craigslist, they pop up on Craigslist. And I know there's apps that alert you when certain things come available. Uh, I would really recommend you get those. I do not use Craigslist because I would have zero money and I would be even more broke than I already am uh, if I use that app or use that service. So... I do not use, <clears throat> excuse me, I do not use Craigslist unless someone says, hey, go look at Craigslist. Um, I, I just don't. It, it gets me into too much trouble. So um, what I suggest you do is start hitting the rural areas. Start finding out where the farmers are, where the ranchers are, where the big barns are. Uh, I don't know, you know, it's it's really dependent on what part of the country you're in as well. Uh, you Midwestern, Southern states guys, man, the rust is so bad down there that 
it's just tough. You know, you might see one sitting in a field and you stop and you ask and you go out there and you look at it and there's just nothing from the door handles down or the motor's locked up tight or whatever. So, um, you know, the deals on scouts and trucks, travel alls is all dependent also on what amount of work you're willing to put into them. I mean, like the Red Rocket, if anybody saw that, um, kind of resto mod rehab lifesaver we did on that. Um, I picked up the red rocket for a hundred dollars. So, you know, but we had three people's man hours for an entire month in that. So, um, you know, I don't know if I made any money on that or not in the end, but what I'm saying is a hundred dollar travel all with enough elbow grease and labor and you had a you could have a pretty sweet rig. The Red Rocket was one of my favorites. I wish I had the money to buy it back. Um, and I would just drive the wheels off of it. Problem is I don't have a place to store it and I can only drive one rig at a time and all that stuff. So um yeah. Anyway, just you know, you gotta ask yourself how much you're willing to put into it versus how much you want to get out of it or what you want in the end anyways uh, i mean if you're a flipper and you're just trying to make a couple dollars you're not going to do well pulling them out of a farmer's field they're going to need too much work they're going to need too much effort um, even if you get them cheap and if you don't know what you're doing then you're just really getting in over your head so i just recommend you not go down that route um, but if you're looking for a good scout or something to keep and build yourself you know hit the old farms hit the ranches, you know, out here, out west, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Utah, they're laying around everywhere. I mean, I know a place in Montana that is pretty much abandoned. The family died. The only living relative lives in Arizona. The farm is sitting empty. There's nine Scout twos sitting there. And it's just a matter of me getting out there with the trailer and getting a hold of the guy in Arizona and getting him home. You know, so they're out there. You just, that would be my suggestion is, is get out, pound the pavement, talk to the old guys, you know, go to, this has been successful for me a few times, go to the greasy diner breakfast place at seven o'clock in the morning. And I know some of you guys, that's the Waffle House or the, um, you know, Cracker Barrel or whatever greasy breakfast place you have. Seven in the morning. Look for the table of old guys and just introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm looking for an international scout, truck, travel all. Any of you guys know where one might be. And I'm willing to bet you one of those old guys will say, he'll tell you a story about having one. Somebody will talk about having one or their kid has one. They'll be able to set you in a direction that will help you find one that is a reasonably priced unit that hasn't hit the internet and been inflated by TV shows and other things. Um, sometimes you're wrong. I have stumbled into some pretty funny situations where, you know, I met a, an old farmer and he told me he had a scout in his barn and I went and looked at it and it was nothing special. It was... 
that's Rhodey with her scratching. <laughs> um, it was nothing special. It was a kind of rusty, like 73, Scout 2, drum brakes, hasn't run in 20 years, not that good of shape, not that cool. And he said he wanted five. And I said 500. And he said no, 5,000. Uh, I had to walk away from that one pretty quick because that's just ridiculous. Um, I don't care what part of the country you're in. They haven't reached that level of, of value yet. So, um, yeah. So, but just try that. Talk to the old guys. I mean, like I said, watch the usual sources. If you're fast, you can get them cheap, but you're stuck with what gets listed. Um, if you hit the old guys, wander around, go to some garage sales, go to some swap meets, talk to people, you'll have a good chance of finding a cheap one. So, um, <laughs> That's about all I have to say on that one. So that leads me into another uh, topic that someone talked about is the do's and don'ts of, of Scout 2 modification. And... It's hard to pigeonhole that into into a short conversation. Um, I uh, <laughs> there's so many don'ts, <laughs> there's so many don'ts, uh, and it, and you know some of this list is is preference, personal preference, uh, because some guys swear up and down that doing it one way is fine, and other guys swear up and down that doing it you know this way is fine or you know, there's so many things left up to interpretation that um, what I might think is wrong, somebody else will think is fine. But my, um, I guess, top five or whatever you want to call it, um, do's and don'ts. I, I'm just going to do don'ts. That's right. This is the don'ts list. And I'm sure everyone will have stuff to add to this. But don't, first off, don't get in over your head. Don't buy your truck and then decide immediately that you're going to do a frame-off restoration, nut and bolt with everything, and you have $800 in your checking account. Like You will not get it done. You, I promise you, you won't get it done. Even when you do it yourself, full frame-off, quality work, doing it yourself, you're still, you're still going to be 10, 12 grand in it. And that's a cheap estimate um so just don't get in over your head make a, a project list take small bites start saving up you know do like i do put 10 percent of every dollar that comes through the door into uh you know a savings account and over time you will have enough to do that project and then you know Check it off your list and move on. Um, don't paint first. Don't do body work. Don't paint. Don't do, you know, bed liner and all that stuff first. Uh, if you still got, if it doesn't run, if it needs brake work, if it needs axle work, if it needs stuff, don't do paint first. That's the worst. I know it the, looks the neatest and whatever, but don't. Don't do it first. Uh, you want to do that very last. Trust me. Um, the other thing I like to say a lot of people like to do is um, 
They start a build and the first thing they do is run out and buy wheels and tires. And it never fails. Six months goes by and they're out of money. They're out of ambition. They're out of whatever. Trucks torn apart, doesn't run, million pieces, but man, they got some shiny wheels and brand new tires. So my suggestion to everybody is do not buy wheels and tires first. Buy wheels and tires last, even after paint. Um, you're, unless you've got some specialty scheme up your sleeve, do not buy tires first. <laughs> I, I call that the high school build because every high school kid I ever knew, even when I was in high school, the first thing they did was spend all of their Christmas money on wheels and tires and, and then nothing else got done. So again, sit down, figure out your budget, figure out a build plan and, and go from there. Uh, you're going to thank yourself later uh, when you're planning it. Um, and that don't kind of goes along with, with what I was saying already is don't take the truck down to the point where it's not usable. You know, if, if you don't like how it's running, don't tear the heads off of it to do head gaskets for some whatever reason, which I know I'm saying this shit and people are rolling their eyes, but you would not be, you would be amazed how many people do that sort of shit. They're like, oh man, it runs like hell. Uh, I'm just going to rebuild it. And they yard the motor out, pull the heads off, do a bunch of shit. Because tearing stuff apart is cheap. That's easy. And then they price out what a rebuild kit costs and what machine shop costs are. And suddenly now they're two grand. They got an estimate for two grand for somebody else's, for just machine work and parts and whatnot. And... And then all of a sudden there goes all of their ambition. And now they got a truck that doesn't run. They bare minimum they need a gasket kit to put it back together, but they don't go that far. They lose their steam and and that's it. So if it's not running well, diagnose it first. Figure out is it ignition? Is it fuel? Is it a bad cylinder? You know, you might have a bad engine. You might have a blown head gasket. You might, who knows? But diagnose it first then go from there. If it just needs a carburetor, that's cheap. Two barrel Holly from Summit, it's 350 bucks. Uh, if it needs a tune-up, the full array of tune-up stuff from Napa is like 120 bucks. Um, you know, that stuff is cheap and manageable and whatnot. Don't go out of control and just start tearing shit apart. Um, what would be another don't? Um, oh, don't saws all the fenders out to run big tires unless it's rusty as fuck and you don't care. If you got a nice scout with good wheel wells and not a lot of rust and it's okay shape and not dented up, you take a sawzall to your fucking fenders, I'll come to your house and sawzall your fingers off. Because that's just, just don't do it. Like seriously. Um... Find another scout. There's a lot of shitty scouts out there. If you want to build a wheeler or a rock crawler, pick a shitty one. Um, don't start with a good one because it's the closest one. Don't start with the one your grandpa gave you unless it's a shit pile. Um, that's, I guess that's a don't that I see a lot of too is guys just wandering like, oh, look at this scout I got. And then they just start cutting it up. And then it's, oh my God, that was an aristocrat. Or, oh my God, that was a Comanche. 
And I know like Aaron Kaufman did for his show, they cut up a Comanche. I don't mind that. I mean, they did a good job. I liked it. It was cool, whatever. But a lot of you guys don't have that level of uh, <laughs> creativity and quality work. So more than likely, you're just going to ruin a good truck. So um, yeah, don't do that. That's fucking irritating. Uh, you know, and, and so then that takes me to the next point about lifting them. Don't fucking fall for the cheap spring over, uh, theory. And I've talked about that in the past. Um, you know, you get these guys like, Oh, spring over, that's just reuse your shit and just redo this. And just, it's just welding in your old parts. And it's not just welding in your old parts. It's, there's a lot of shit that goes into doing a spring over correctly. And in the end, it ends up being more expensive than just a good old four inch spring kit. Um, so again, watch the Facebook pages, watch the other places. You can actually pick up used scout lifts for fairly cheap. I just sold one not too long ago for 250 bucks. Uh, and it was springs and shocks and stuff. So, um, they're out there. So that would be a do, I guess, is to watch the pages, pay attention, look for good deals and build that way if you're on a budget. But don't fall. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And when guys start talking about cheap springovers, it's never good. Safety isn't cheap. Good quality parts aren't cheap. Don't shortcut yourself like that. Um, so that would be another don't. Um, what else? What would I say is a don't? Don't go down the road of uh, engine swaps or conversions until you're certain that you don't love your international engine. Like, make sure it's running good first. Make sure you put some miles on it before you go right to wanting an LS or or whatever. Um, it, it's just it's amazing how good the international motor runs uh, when it's tuned correctly and is in decent shape. Uh, you know. Even the rebuilt motors, we got, you know, 392s and 304s that we've done recently. They're in great shape, uh, fresh rebuilds, put fuel injection on them with the electronic ignition. And, I mean, they're getting 16, 17 miles to the gallon. They've got good power. They're very snappy. Uh, you know, it surprises a lot of people that once they get in that Scout with a rebuilt motor, they go, you know, wow, really? I guess I didn't need you know, the $15,000 LS conversion or the $20,000, you know, diesel conversion. Um, you know, cause some of those guys, they want to do that just to do it. And that's fine. Um, but don't fall down the, the hole of, uh, you know, you have to do it just because everybody says you should do it. Put some miles in your, on what you got and then go from there. Um, give it a chance. Let that motor, you know, let it get tuned up. And in worst case, you still don't like it. You can sell the motor on one of the pages for a couple hundred bucks. And at least get your tune-up costs out of it. Because um, you're definitely not going to get your swap costs out of it. So, you know, don't uh, don't give up on that on that IH motor um, just yet. So that would be another don't. Um... Don't skimp on safety. There's another don't. Uh, put a roll bar in it. Even if it's just a shitty Smittybilt show bar or something, put something in there to save your ass because that top doesn't save you. 
Um, you know, if you got to pick up or travel all, you know, where, make sure the seatbelts work. Make sure the fucking brakes work. Make sure the signals work. Stuff like that. Just, just be safe. Um, you'll, you'll think yourself later. Um, so those are, those are a good list of don'ts. Um, you know, and a lot of that's pretty elementary, but, uh, and I could have just said, don't be a retard and then moved on. But some of you guys don't know what that means. So, and I'm sure that just offended some people that are listening, but whatever. Um, so hopefully you guys took some value out of this. Um, next, so some exciting stuff. I will be interviewing Gary Hadeen tomorrow for Wednesday's podcast. He was my mentor and the reason how I got started in all this 20 years ago. He will have some good stories. He will have some good intel. We'll probably talk a lot about how, you know, early projects, stuff like that. See what he remembers. I mean, he's upper 70s now and you know that was 20 years ago so we'll see what he remembers but i definitely want to spend some time with gary talk with him so um yeah so wednesday's podcast will be pretty exciting um with my interview with him you guys will hear some old history and backstory uh so anyway hopefully you guys took some value from this podcast and uh, again thank you i love you Appreciate everything you guys are doing. Rhodey says she wants to get out of here. So we're going to jam out. All right, everybody. Talk to you later. <laughs>